0: Well, it was one big October surprise on Friday with the U.S. president rushed to hospital, but there's hope that he's going to be back at the White House today. The fastest COVID recovery ever, or is it all far from over? And what does it all mean for the markets, the election, and also the hopes of a fiscal stimulus package? And what does it all mean for the Aussie dollar a day out from the next RBA meeting and the budget? And a big week for Brexit as well. It's Monday, the 5th of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. The US dollar strengthened a little on Friday and equities and oil took a hammering on the news that the US president has the virus. The Nasdaq lost 2.2%. At home, the ASX finished the day 1.4% down. That's 2.9% down across the week. Uh, but even with the big falls on Friday, US indices were up across the week. And with all the uncertainty around, the Aussie dollar lost a third of 1% on Friday. The winners were the Japanese yen that was up a quarter percent and the pound up one third of 1%. And over the week, the Aussie was uh, one of the strongest at one9 uh, with the US dollar on the DXY down 0.8%. We had big moves on Aussie bonds on Friday, 10-year yields falling six basis points, and oil, WTI, fell 4.3% on Friday. Brent also down more than 4%. So it's been quite a roller coaster, uh, even since our last podcast on Friday morning. I mean, the president hos- has been in hospital and he might be coming out today. So how is all that going to play on the markets? Well, Ray Atrill is here, head of FX Strategy at NAB in Sydney, uh, it uh, it feels like there's a million questions around all of this, doesn't it? I mean, this has been... They talk about the October surprise uh, just before an election, and this is one hell of an October surprise, and it's piled all the uh, risk and uncertainty on at the end of the week. So if the president is over the worst of it already... What's that going to mean today?
1: Morning, Phil. Well, maybe it means back to to business as usual. But um, yes, in terms of October surprises, I don't think anybody was was quite expecting that one. Um, And obviously, we saw a quite quite violent initial knee-jerk sell off in risk assets, which I think is you know it is, is was clearly to be expected purely based on the uncertainty factor there um, you know uncertainty and all sorts yeah. of questions you know would the would the election take place? would Donald Trump still be um, you know in the chair as the Republican candidate? all those sorts of things. Um, but I suppose the interesting takeaway was how much risk markets recovered on Friday. Um, and I think the, the proximate reason for that was that the um, you know the considered take, if you like, on um, Trump's hospitalisation and the fact that he had succumbed to the virus was that um, it just shifted the dial somewhat in terms of the likelihood of um, the Republican side, in particular, sort of meeting mm. Nancy Pelosi's demands for a two trillion plus fiscal stimulus plan. Well, the odds of that had certainly improved. So I think the you yeah. know the offshore session was really characterised by. Improved prospects for a fiscal deal. And obviously, what we've heard from Donald Trump on Saturday via the Twitter sphere suggests certainly is consistent with that. We've also had some fairly uh, optimistic noises, both from uh, Mitch McConnell, um, the Republican Senate leader, and Nancy Pelosi, the House leader. Um, so I think it really is that. And if you look at equity markets, um, you know, the performance of the Russell 2000, for example, which would probably be, you know, the smaller cap stocks, bigger beneficiaries of, of of fiscal stimulus is certainly consistent with that. At the same time, we've seen a significant shift in the odds of the election outcome in favour of Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, so looking for at, sure. um, I think there's a Wall Street Journal NBC poll uh, published at the weekend that now has Joe Biden 14 points ahead of uh, Donald Trump compared to six in their last poll. That and might we- be
0: as much to do with his performance performance uh during the great debate might not as much as it is with the fact that he's he's landed himself in hospital
1: well that's true because we've certainly we certainly saw an improvement right. in biden's odds after the debate and that's then ratcheted so- higher since the uh, the news of the hospitalisation. But you're right, certainly the uh, the betting markets and the polling and the betting wow. markets in particular significantly improved the odds so, on, on Joe Biden. So that's well, interesting. Well, two things
0: then, if, if, if it looks um, like, I mean, because the, the dial won't have changed on the increased likelihood that there's going to be a stimulus deal uh, because this will be a wake-up call perhaps for, for the Republicans. But also we didn't know until, you know, in, in the last few hours really that his, his situation had improved so much that they are now talking about... Uh, him uh, returning. So Sean Conley, the White House physician, uh, talking about you know he even said his he gave his blood oxygen level was 98% uh, which is part of the, you know so I don't know markets getting influenced by someone's blood oxygen level all seems a bit surreal doesn't it really <laughs> uh, but you know it, and also you know it, it, what does it mean as well for for companies that are involved like Cad- Cadilla Healthcare who do the uh, dexamethasone which is one of the cocktail of drugs that the president has been taking it's a an anti-inflammatory I mean he, the president has been talking about all this stuff before hasn't he he's going to be saying look I'm a
1: living breathing case that all this stuff works Well it's all going to play into the debate about um, social distancing isn't it really I mean obviously mm. on Friday markets are saying look um, you know those that are you know have really been at the vanguard of arguing that we really need to distance and we can't afford to open our economies too quickly um, that that view was seen to be you know, almost completely vindicated if you like. By the news that the president had succumbed to the virus, um, if he comes in a bounding out of uh, the hospital as early as Monday, um, you know, maybe he'll ride his bike back to. Uh, maybe he'll get a, Boris will lend him a bike and he'll come back to the White House Can't in that. that I mean. And um, he might know, be and then, golf yeah.
0: by Monday, by Monday <laughs> afternoon. That'll be a big <laughs> telltale sign, won't yeah. it? But obviously, there, that
1: but, also plays to the view that look, we we can control this, we can contain this virus, and then that we've got yeah. you know more evidence that, that that some of the drugs, not perhaps the vaccines, but um, obviously the uh, you know the antiviral um, types uh, you know are effective so I think it's it, it, in that sense you could imagine that uh, both sides of the aisle if you like will be trying to make political capital as they this. are
0: all over the world because no one actually knows uh, what the answer is that balance between the economy and saving lives look jobs wise it looks like the, uh, the pace of recovery has slowed uh, there were 1.5 million new jobs yeah. created according to non-farm payrolls on Friday in August that's down to just 660,000 new jobs in September so a clear sign and that the, the the pace of recovery has slowed. Certainly,
1: in ter- well, in terms of the pace of improvement of the labour market, undoubtedly, and a lot of the higher frequency numbers, whether it's jobless claims or the home base uh, numbers on uh, on numbers of employed, have both suggested that the improvement in the labour market has has stalled. Certainly, in um, you know in recent weeks, at least, anyway. So, I mean, the payroll gain of, of what six hundred and sixty one thousand was. It was a couple of hundred thousand shy of expectations So there was a uh, an upward re- net upward revision to the prior two months of 120 something thousand uh, and the unemployment rate did tick down to what 7.9 from 8.4 was expected to be 8.2 yeah, that is because there's been a fall in the participation rate so and that is clearly not a sign of an economy doing well either
0: it shows there's a lot of people looking for work who've just given up
1: well absolutely i was looking at a statistic i can't remember i, I, I can't record it a second decimal place but somewhere like south africa before um, the pandemic reached their shores. The participation rate was at a six in front of it, or above 60%. It's currently got a four in front of it. Okay, yeah. so it just, you know, not suggesting that there's a read-through re- there, but, uh, but one of the consequences of uh, the pandemic may be you know lower participation rates that extend well into so the future. So,
0: a little unsure as to where we're going today, because there is so much uncertainty around. We had the strengthening dollar on Friday, which obviously saw the the, the mighty dollar, which saw the Aussie dollar down on Friday, the New Zealand dollar wasn't down anywhere near as much actually as the Aussie dollar. Uh, so uh, I guess two questions: Oh, you know, why this stronger reaction in Australia? But also, you know, what is the US dollar going to do now? Which direction is it? Because it, you know, it's, it could is it positive because the president is uh, camp- potentially coming out of hospital, or is it bad because he went in there in the first place and um, you know we've still got all, still got the same uncertainty that we had a week ago over the election.
1: Yes, I mean Aussie being one of the the biggest fallers is is completely natural. It's still you know Aussie and the Aussie yen exchange rate in particular continue to be the highest beta counters maybe with the exception sometimes of things like the Norwegian and Swedish crones, which don't have quite the liquidity of uh, of the Aussie dollar so I think there was the response there was was quite natural um, but not a it's say not a big fall and uh, although no real recovery uh, as you say the big question is you know how does this play out for the dollar I mean to the extent that um, you know the hit to risk sentiment that we've seen is not going to extend dramatically Then ostensibly, that is US dollar negative, uh, given that there is still broadly a sort of negative correlation. Between risk sentiment and uh, and the U.S. dollar um, again, but markets busily pricing in or more um, inclined to price in a Biden victory, um, you know, and it really is sort of ambiguous. You could argue that uh, to the mm. extent that um, you know some of the equity sectors are going to take fright, and then the prospect of pricing in you know higher taxes, et cetera. does that play to more of a safe haven bit for the dollar, or you know, you know, more likely is, is the U.S. dollar weakness that we still think is you know is predicated on. You know, the fall in... Are you the arguing in both no, Are you being a real economist here? I'm right, right. <laughs> arguing in both taxes. No, but- bottom, the bottom line is still that, uh, you know, we still think the US dollar is headed down right. irrespective of the election. Yep. Um, you know, even though, you know, the, the direct implications, uh, depending on the results of the election, mm. um, you know, could moderate or extend the extent of that dollar weakness. And right. if that is the case, then we'd still argue that the Aussie dollar is ultimately headed higher.
0: Now, the pound was up on Friday, uh, and this was a lot to do with hopes that a trade deal with the EU would be reached in the UK. Uh, Then on Saturday, Boris Johnson and the EU's Ursula von uh, von der Leyen, they they agreed to step up the talks. They had a bit of a a, a press release. Uh, Michel Barnier is off to talks uh, that are going to resume on Wednesday, so not an enormous sense of urgency, I'd have to say. Uh, And look, I I saw Boris Johnson on uh, on an interview on the BBC over the weekend, uh, and he was asked about Brexit, fairly late in the piece, it's fair to say, and uh, he said, you know, if we don't get a deal uh, then we can more than live with it. He didn't see, seem like a man who was totally committed to uh, the to this thing happening so i wonder which way it's going to go this week
1: well it's, uh, yes i mean obviously the, you know there was the i guess the not naive expectation but the hope was that you know we might hear from uh, the ec commissioner as well as, uh, as johnson jointly saying right we have we've made enough progress that we're now going to go into this cone of silence or the tunnel as it's called um you know for the final lap of negotiations and uh, out of uh out of sight of the media etc um mm-hmm. we're not quite there are we but we haven't had the no. negative news that says look you know we're still you know implacably you know or separated in terms of key things so um mm. so I think nothing for the market to really set back the optimism.
0: Yeah, although you know we would like to see something, wouldn't we? This week because the clock is ticking even louder. But we'll see how it all goes. Well, I don't, just don't get over the fact Boris Johnson's still saying he wants that Canada deal, mm-hmm. even though the Canada a uh, Canada deal that would still mean that there will be some tariffs, which would mean there still need to be border checks. So you've still got that uh, Irish border issue. So I think they want better than the Canada deal. But anyway, well we'll see how all that goes. Uh, look, uh, locally of course we've got the RBA meeting tomorrow, and also the budget uh I guess, I mean, we, you know, despite the fact that we're looking forward to backdated income tax cuts and a few other things, it, it, it is still going to be overshadowed by what's going on in Washington, isn't
1: it? Yes. And I think the, the I mean, the RBA, the surprise would be if the RBA did actually, um, you know, follow through with expectations for rate cuts. So there are quite a few economists who've still got an October um, cut in their forecasts. So, uh, but the general consensus that I think we, you know, we're know we sympathetic to is that moves, if they happen, are a lot likely to come before November. But, um, and the media's yeah. pretty much told us. It's tax cuts, it's infrastructure, it's it's job training subsidies, tax allowances, etc. But um, so, you know, the markets will be interesting, but interested, but uh, typically we don't see very, very strong market reactions. So um, yep. there'll be something there. So it's clearly going to absorb the media here. But um, I think that uh, the Aussie dollar and, and, and Aussie risk markets are probably still going to be made in America, I'd suggest, even oh, yeah, with those absolutely. big set piece events.
0: Well, and similarly, you know, we, we get – it's a good day for ISMs. We get the ISM Services Index for the US. Then we get the, the Market Services PMI for the US, the UK, Germany, and the Eurozone. And we also get European retail sales for August. But I think all of that is also going to be over, overshadowed as well by what's happening in the United States. Uh, in Auckland today, the COVID-19 alert level could be uh, reduced down to level one on Thursday, by Thursday, which would mean you can basically cram more people into restaurants and nightclubs, which would be good for the Auckland economy. But other than that, I think uh, that's it. That's uh, that's today. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Phil. Well, let's see how Donald does today. That's it for the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.